Wildfire Podcast is an extension of Wildfire Ministries, an organisation that has a focus of igniting men and women of God into a deeper discipleship with Christ, instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue Christ wherever that leads, that God's truth will spread like a wildfire. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to another podcast. Uh, yeah, we were discussing this. In fact, we tried to record another one, but that messed up. We won't get into that about who do we speak to? Is it the camera? Is it the mic? But then I discovered that people don't know whenever they're listening. So I should just say hello on the camera. And then on the podcast, I kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. I'm just speaking a lot of crap right now, Peter. You are because you messed up and you're trying to cover up for it. So. Yeah, I know that 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 was on me. That was on me. But uh, Peter, how, how you doing? How's your week been? Uh, again, like I said before, pretty tired. And <laughs> you're just you like glad to be up, don't you? <laughs> All these technical issues. Uh, I think you just want openers for us, and you're trying to get us in that way. Exactly. I'm doing these on purpose. Uh, but the podcast listeners don't even know the amount of turmoil that has went through to get to this point. Yeah. But I uh, just I just sit and pet Luke's dog while he sets up. So to be fair, I probably could help with now and again. <laughs> It's a seamless process. We have no mistakes. Anyway, what are we discussing? We're going to talk about evangelism, uh, okay. something really important for Christian life that hopefully everyone's doing, something I still struggle with. So I know you're quite good at this look, so hopefully you have some pointers for us, and well, for me in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people were saying that, that you're better at evangelism, but the reality is that's the, I think that's very negative thinking in the sense that we're all just called to proclaim the good news of the gospel, and there's no real good or bad way to do it mm-hmm. if you're doing it. The only bad way is if you don't do it. Yes. Um, so by just engaging and evangelizing it in God's word, that's good. We're all on the same level. So anyway, we're going to split this up into 10 points, 10 main points, but they're probably going to be brief. You know what I mean? A minute per They point. will be brief. I'm not staying here <laughs> any longer. <laughs> For context, because that was the last video where you said that. So these, uh, these podcast watchers don't know. Yeah, we're recording this half very, 11. very, very late. Is it late? I don't know. Maybe it feels late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it in the comments. Is half eleven late? Oh wait, you can't. I switched the comments off. Anyway, let's just get into the podcast. We're we're tired. You can probably tell, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, point number one, Peter, is understanding the gospel message, right? Because that's where evangelism originates from. It is all centered on our love for Jesus Christ and the discovery of how we were sinful and how we were in need of salvation which was given to us through Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah, there'd be no salvation without a saviour and there'd be no evangelism without us being saved in the first place. Yeah. And those that are dead in their sin can't proclaim life because they're dead. So it's only because we've been made alive in Christ that we can then proclaim this good news. That is the gospel. Uh And uh, like, again, just the whole Bible speaks of Christ and he's the author and finisher of our faith. Uh And so what you'll see is in all of our podcasts, we do talk about the gospel message a considerable amount, but that's because it saturates everything uh jesus is within everything so again we've discussed these scriptures before but first corinthians 15 romans 5 uh romans 3 uh job 31 psalm 51 all talk about the sinful nature of mankind and we can relate to to that the bible says for all have sinned and fall short of god's glory romans 3 and romans 6 talks about for the wages of sin is death so there it is. That's the sin that is empowering in all of our lives. And we can look experientially oh, yeah. in our own lives. Okay, I've sinned. I am a sinner. Uh, so the question is, is salvation there for us? Well, yes, it is. Titus 11 talks about, for Christ offered salvation to all men. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us in, in Romans 5. So again, the salvation is there. 
the hope is there. And so Romans 10, 9 talks about if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And that's John 1. Is that John 1? Okay. First John 1. No, yeah, that is John, first John 1. Yeah. First John 1. Right. Romans 10, 9. <laughs> well, I caught you, then you caught me. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, just brothers in Christ here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Romans 10, 9 talks about if we confess our sins that... Uh, no, you've got me confused. If we confess that Jesus is Lord and that yes, God raised him from the dead and believe that, then we will be saved. Yes. So it's about recognizing your sin, recognizing salvation offered to us, and then accepting, confessing, and believing in that. That's the gospel message. You're now filled with the Holy Spirit. You're now a child of God. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a dramatic, a momentous, a joyful occasion. And that's where all stems from, evangelism. That is, you have this hope that you just want to share with other people. Like, this is what I've experienced. And we were trying to think of analogies for this. Peter's a lifeguard, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and we were saying, so if you've got someone, uh, a lifeguard who is then, he's just got that that duty and that job and that's his and he goes out and saves people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an understanding of that, an obligation, a responsibility. Yes? Yeah. And there is that responsibility and obligation from us to preach the good news of the gospel. There is that uh, commandment and mm -hmm. that is the responsibility that we're given. However, then you have the person who becomes a lifeguard because they themselves were drowning at a young age. They had that incident in their life and someone came in and saved them. And so they have this empathy and this understanding and this idea of like, I was saved and I want to have, I want to provide that same help to other people. Yeah. There's a passion. There's this, this, this love and this uh, uncontainable excitement. Mm -hmm. And that's point number one of evangelism. That's where it starts. It starts with you and your gospel message. That's why you can't really go wrong with evangelism. Yes, it's very personal. I think it's a lot more personal than people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. And it's also the fact that um, if you, the reason that I do talk about these things so much is because we're, well, we're doing our best anyway to read the Bible daily and just dwell on that. And if whenever you look at the Bible through that central point of salvation and the gospel, that's whenever you can actually be more passionate about it. Because that's the whole thing. That, that's what connects you to the Bible is your salvation. Without mm. that, you wouldn't be interested. So it's about that connection point, And then that's why we're we're passionate about it. Yeah. Um, so that is point number one. And that's the gospel. Point number two is understanding the mission. Uh, understanding the, the, the Great Commission mm -hmm. of... Uh, of uh, ah, understanding the mission of the commission. <laughs> Rhythm. Sorry. I'm tired. Uh, Matthew 28, that is the commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples. That is the commandment that was not written to us or was not said to us, but was written and given for us mm -hmm. today. That is to go into all nations and uh, preach and baptize. Um, so that's that's the mission. Yeah. And all, all nations includes our own. People just think sometimes that's just for missionaries. But our, look at our own nation. There's a great cry out for spiritual uh, spiritual renewal and yeah. Uh, that salvation. Uh -huh. So uh, all nations, that includes Northern Ireland or whatever country you're in. It includes mm -hmm. your home nation. Yeah. So we are in whatever sphere of influence you're in, uh, your school, your job, your work, your family, uh, that's the mission field. You're there. Yeah. And as part of the kingdom of uh, Christ talks about in the Sermon on the Mount is the proclaiming and like seeking first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the sphere of God's reign, which includes us as Christians. So if we're going to mm -hmm. push that boundary and expand the kingdom of heaven, yeah, that starts with us. We're the ones that need to be pushing forward and sharing that faith to expand the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Uh, that is point number two, which is understanding the mission. And point number three is understanding the equipping. That is, okay, I'm sending you out in a mission. That is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. But <laughs> he's not sending us out alone, right? Mm -hmm. He's not just saying, okay, go. 
and just pushing out, out the door and then all the best. Yeah. Uh, God is giving us uh, or has given us so, so much. And that includes the actual Holy Spirit. That is the personhood of the Trinity. That is God himself resides within us. The Bible says in First uh, Corinthians 6 that uh, we are we are holy temples of the Holy Spirit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you think of anything else in that regard? Well, equipping, equipped with the Bible. Um, yeah. For Psalm one blesses the man that walks not in the, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So it's something that should consume us and help us to. We should be meditating on God's word day and night because. Mm-hmm. You can tell people all the answers you want around science, but the the true thing is, and the ultimate truth is the Bible. That's mm-hmm. the that's the thing that will win them over. You can debate around the science all you want in terms of, in issues of evolution, for example, that we've talked about before. But the real the buck stops with the Bible. That's where the true 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 truth lies. So it's up to you to be able to memorize it and to be able to navigate through it. Know the important passages, the passages that talk most about Jesus and about salvation, about the gospel. That looks round off the top of his head there. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, understanding that, equipping, understanding the promises that God has given us. Uh, that is, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives... Uh, wait, that, is that right? Let him ask of God who gives liberally. You're slipping up in your memorization. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if any of us lacks wisdom, if any of us lacks these, these things... Let's ask God. And also yeah. the, the Bible says, I think it's Romans 8, I think, I think it's in Romans, is that, uh, that oh my goodness, uh, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what to say, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just amazing. We can have that assurance and that confidence that God is with us wherever we go. We not only have his words, we not only have that which we're meditating on, we not only have these philosophical arguments and all of God's truth. Mm-hmm. But we have the Holy Spirit that resides within us, and we have that testimony. Yeah, or t- take the ex- the character of Peter. Um, he 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 messed up. He was asked about did he follow Christ, and by like, uh, obviously Peter's denial, he denied Christ three times, mm-hmm. and he slipped up, and he didn't have an answer at th- that stage. But after he's restored, uh, whenever Jesus rises from the dead, he preaches to is it well three thousand people get saved that day. Is that right in Acts mm-hmm. two? I think it is. So he straight after that, he's preaching in front of like thousands of people at yeah. Pentecost. Uh-huh. And he's just come from this position of failure. So even if we do fall down evangelism, we, we move back up. And then Peter writes in, his, in one of his epistles, he says about uh, always having an answer for your faith as well. So mm-hmm. that's him talking to someone who's fallen. Yeah. He's like, you need to have an answer of what you think uh-huh. of Jesus if someone asks you. I thought you were quoting yourself there. Peter writes. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, please. Okay, it's not preaching heresy. Um, okay, so that's point number three. So we've got the gospel, understanding the mission, understanding the equipping. Point number four is understanding the battlefield. That is, there's a difficulty. Uh, that is that we are going in this spiritual warfare. So uh, what do you have to say about that? Yes, yeah, so the three enemies of the Christian are the devil, the flesh, and the world. Mm-hmm. So... In this example of evangelism, the two main ones against you is the devil and the world. Um, flesh as well, I guess, but primarily the devil hates you. And if you're evangelizing, if yeah. you're just a Christian, he's not evangelizing, you're not much of a threat to the devil. Yeah. Um, he can just focus on other people. But if you're evangelizing, the devil hates you with a passion. He hates you anyway, but he hates you particularly more if you're wanting to win others to the kingdom. So it's up to us to equip ourselves and uh, be, be ready to fight against the devil. And then also the, the world. The world is anti-Christian. That's Anyone can see that, really. So we need to be prepared to stand against what the world says against Christianity, against Christ, and again, have those answers of truth. Um, and then is it Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God? 
Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's part of the equipment as well. We should have brought that up. up. Uh, That can be again a part of uh, First Peter two talks about how we have everything we need through the precious promises of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Those promises can be found in the Bible. So uh, go to those, find those. One of the promises is the armor of God. Uh, about the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shield of faith, shield of faith, sword, sword of the word, of the of the, of the word, uh, or the spear, and shoes of peace. Uh, I would actually encourage reading that. Uh, I would put that on every morning and night, uh, practically. Uh, and again, you can go through each facet of that armor uh, to understand its significance. And these are not just whimsical things. You can actually put that on, and it's real. It's tangible. Also, Galatians five, fruits of the spirit. Yes. You can also, that's uh, a good understanding of the equipping. So understanding the battlefield, there is spiritual darknesses that um, that are, are, is it, our wars are not against flesh, flesh and, bl- flesh and blood, blood, but against powers and spiritual principalities. Yes. Yeah. There's a few things that are getting mixed up at the moment because it's so late. <laughs> yeah, but God willing yeah. that you're providing clarity in that. Yeah. But yeah, there is, uh, there is an enemy. First Peter 5 talks about the devil prowling around like a roaring lion. There is an enemy. There is the flesh that wants to reside in this procrastination and this fear and this uh, inability to do th- uh, anything. Uh, and there is the, the world where there's hostility. Uh, uh, Jesus talks about how uh, the world loves you because you're of the world, but I have chosen you out of it mm-hmm. and the world hates you. Yeah. <laughs> so we should uh, be expectant that the world will hate us mm-hmm. and be greatly surprised if they don't. Yeah. Uh, whenever it comes to evangelism. But again, we don't seek after the approval of man. If we did that, then we would not be followers of God. That's what Paul writes. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Galatians. So again, it's understanding that uh, there is a battlefield and uh, we need to we need to recognize that, deal with that. Equip, but again, equip ourselves to fight. Isn't it? Yeah, go back to the equipping, go back to the mission and go back to the gospel. It's all retraceable. Um, point number five is prayer. What do you think of that? Yeah, prayer is, it's so important because on our own we can't do this. We need to rely wholly on God um, and Lord's Prayer. I was speaking on it recently. Um, just, I guess it just talks to that. It's just about like, um, give us a stay our daily bread. So again, that's equipping ourselves. Um, forgive us our trespasses. We need to be forgiven of those things, first of all, before we can go out and teach others about forgiveness. Uh, we steps like that so you can walk through prayers like that and also just mm-hmm. more specific prayers if you know you're about to have a conversation with someone or you know it's to leave multitask on your head when you're mid, mid conversation or whenever they're saying a sentence you just very quick prayer to god they help you yeah um because prayer is so important and uh, a pastor in america says if if dependence is the goal then weakness is an advantage and evangelism i think i'll admit anyway i'm very weak in that area so that's an advantage to make it at the times I have been in evangelism situations, I've been praying my guts out, <laughs> like, yeah, because I, because I, I know I am weak in that area. So it's just me putting more faith in God. So that's where the prayer comes in. Mm-hmm. Your weakness forces you to pray more, so you can rely more on God. Do you anything to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. I actually always say that no, and then I no, go you and do. I you add. Do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yes, I do have something to add. You still know what that is, yeah? Uh, <laughs> no, prayer is centrally important. That is. Every good gift comes from the Father. That includes the gospel. That includes anything that I do well, that's all God. Anything that I do bad, any mistakes, I will take the blame for that. So if there's uh, that interaction uh, where um, I'm talking to that person about God and they're actually convicted, that's totally down to the spirit. Uh, The spirit within me, speaking to the spirit that is within that person or God convicting that person. Uh, that is to say that God is the one who gets all the glory. That is to say that we're all unified in the sense that we're totally uh, underskilled, underprepared, yeah. 
and incapable. But that's what makes us perfect candidates because then we can be completely reliant and dependent on Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be. Whenever people say, I just don't think I'm the best person for this uh, to evangelize and stuff. It's like, you're wrong because <laughs> the mission statement is for all mm-hmm. to uh, to go and to, uh, to, pr- to preach the gospel. And uh, whenever you understand that you're completely uh, incapable and completely empty, then you could be totally filled with the spirit. Yeah. To evangelize it's those people who actually think that they're doing something they're the people who are <laughs> who are actually handicapped whenever it comes to evangelism because mm-hmm. there's a lot there's pride now entering and, and self yeah that's good which point. is a part of the battlefield yeah that is the flesh mm-hmm. which can thwart uh, the uh, evangelizing and yeah. you being a part of that because mm-hmm. god's sovereign purposes won't be thwarted yeah. That is, he will always reach who he wants to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so point number six. Is this six? I think it's six. We'll say six. Yeah, we'll yeah. say six. You can let us know. Uh, is the bridge. Uh, what do we mean by bridge, Peter? So bridge would be the connection point between your just normal conversation about football and the actual gospel or the part you evangelize. Yeah, where you actually get not just the... football. That's an example topic, yeah. which I give you because yeah. <laughs> I love football. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but look, I have to say, it looks very good at this one. Um, he'll just be able to bring up the gospel situation. I guess I just, again, comes from his passion about it. Um, any any times I've had to use a bridge um, haven't worked. Well, I haven't done it particularly in this in the idea that you're talking about something normal and then you just bring up the gospel. For me, there isn't really a bridge. I don't really think about that. It's just the idea that you're discussing with someone about uh, morality or uh, worldview and then it just, that automatically mm-hmm. comes up what your worldview is. Mm-hmm. So it's not really... For me, I don't really use the bridge tactic. I don't. I don't go out using the bridge tactics. What I'm trying to say, I don't go go out and try to find this bridge. I just try to bring up the things that are most important to people. Yeah. And then, for me, that's Christ. Then that's what comes up. Yeah. So what we're given is we're given like these are two, the, that bridge and that idea of transitioning uh, is not principally <laughs> found in in the Bible. You can go to John four and Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus talks about the water. Yeah. And then he talks about how he is the living water. So perhaps that's the bridge of transition. But we're basically just saying, uh, like, this isn't an objective. You have to do this. Yeah. This is just something that I find helpful mm-hmm. or we have found helpful at times. Uh, that is to transition the conversation. So, you know, break the ice a bit and talk about things that are going on and then move towards, always have that aspiration to get to the actual substance of a conversation, which is everything and anything to do with God. Yeah. Um. So... So yeah, that's what I would say. Bridge and and transitioning, I think, is a a good way to approach. Now that doesn't mean to say like you're, <laughs> for example, if uh, Peter, you ask me a question, uh, just ask me any question about rugby. I won't say football because you know more about <laughs> rugby. But go ahead, ask me a question. Okay. So we don't. We're just talking and we're we're mates and we're training. Here, look. Did you uh, watch Six Nations recently? Yeah, it was good. So Jesus. Um, <laughs> That's not. What, I can imagine you doing that as well. <laughs> that's not what we mean by a transition or the bridge. But there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> but, they'll, uh, think they'll never talk to you again. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> you never know. The spirit works in amazing ways. Uh, but uh, uh, what we mean by transition is, yeah, talk about the rugby a bit more, and then uh, that's the ice broken. And then what you do is, hey, you know what was actually crazy? So there's a few rugby players in my church, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were saying these things about Ulster rugby. Okay, automatically you've got church in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you can talk a bit more. It's about like, uh, yeah, like whenever we were at church the other night, after we talked about where we were talking about like Jesus and 
So there's that there. It could be a few steps, but there's that transition, that bridge that can happen. However, it is important. So this is a metaphor. Uh, whenever you are walking down this path of evangelism, okay, you want to reach the other side of the uh, of the water. Mm-hmm. That's the aspiration. And whenever you're looking for that bridge and that transition, what can happen is you lose the opportunity because the only way to get across was to jump in and swim. There was no bridge in the first place. Mm-hmm. So what it, what I'm saying is there is times where there's a bridge and a transition. Look for that when you can. But sometimes, don't be timid. Sometimes you have to jump in and, as Peter says, yeah, just uh, it, be quite explicit about it. Yeah, it, and it comes, you'll probably get a prompting from the Holy Spirit, which you won't really know what it feels like until you get it. But that's, uh-huh. I think that's the times when you feel that prompting, that's when you when you go for it. You just hop in the water and have a paddle. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then also, even just the opportunity to, you may not have to get the, the gospel in that conversation, but just say, invite them to something where you could. So, for example, recently, I mean, I invited Luke, but he didn't. He didn't want to come because he sucks at rugby. But we had a tag rugby tournament from for church on the beach, and it was class fun. So even if you you were chatting to a friend about rugby, you say, "Here, do you want to come along the yeah. tag rugby tournament?" Mm-hmm. And then that way, they're automatically hanging out with more Christians. Yeah, and you can just again, there's an opportunity there to bring up the gospel. Yeah. So you just even if you're not bringing up the gospel in that conversation, you're yeah. making steps forward. Of course, like the bridge can be there in a conversation, but the bridge can also be there in a like a season. Whenever you're yeah. training with your team, you're there yeah. for a season, you can build up on it. But you don't want to be that person who's been a friend for 15 years and hasn't approached the gospel yet and has been like, I'm just waiting for that right moment. Yeah. You mean, there is a balance. Use your discernment and your conviction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think evangelism works best. Jesus actually, I think it was, he used like 70% more questions than he did answers, something like that. I, I've definitely misquoting that statistic. But Jesus always asked people questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the woman at the well, I think he asked her quite a few questions. You brought that one up earlier. Right? Yes. I could be remem- remembering that wrong, but he definitely asked a lot of questions. No, he asked a lot of questions. Yeah, he asked a lot of questions. <gasps> so that's a good way to approach evangelism. Just ask the person questions. Some yeah. people are more likely to open up as opposed to if you make, making grand statements like Jesus is Lord of my life, then that's mm-hmm. when they get defensive. Yeah. Just ask some questions. Just get to know them better and see what they believe. Mm-hmm. And then you, whenever you get down to what they actually believe, if you ask them good enough questions, they'll see that thing is worthless. Mm-hmm. because you'll have questioned it in such a way so even questions like do you have a faith if you were to die tonight and well, on a scale of one to ten how likely would you be that you would go to heaven just things like that where you just get to know where they stand with those important questions yeah totally um so that then leads after the bridge is to actually proclaiming the gospel there's content to your words that is here's jesus or here's whatever whatever the approach or the angle you're going to take but it's orientated around the bible sorry orientated around the gospel and just sharing that um, about sharing that with them. So, uh, after that, where uh, I would say another point is depth. So it doesn't just stop there, but actually you respond to them and you say, "I'm here for you. I'm yeah. with you. You can ask me questions anytime, mm-hmm. any place, anywhere." This isn't just an isolated event where you tick the box. Talk to that guy about Jesus. Who's next? That is, you know what I mean. It's a continual process. You can, again, what we talked about, building up in those conversations and uh, just uh, approaching them when you can yeah um then i would say another point is actually reflecting so it doesn't just have to be in words matthew 5 talks about let your light shine before men mm-hmm. that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven so it's not just our words that speak but our actions and sometimes actions are louder than than words so uh that is again i go back to a uh, training or your work you're constantly a uh, exposing them to what a Christian is, to what uh, imitating Jesus Christ is, because that's what you're claiming. You're claiming that I am a follower of Jesus Christ and I am called to imitate him. 
and they, whenever you go into these places or these contexts, people are looking at you and they are seeing that imitation of Christ. Yeah. Uh, you said something. Yeah, so I've heard it said before as well. Sometimes the only Bible people will read is you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to pick up John's gospel every yeah. time read what Jesus actually said. They're going to see what Jesus has done through you. Yeah. That's their only point of contact for Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, resp- a large responsibility for us to actually take on board. Yeah. And just not even what we say, just as you say, in what we do at work yeah. and how we behave, our words. Um, sometimes Christians talk about swearing mm-hmm. and should a Christian swear? It's like, well, do you think Jesus would have sworn? Yeah. Probably not. So I think it's safe to say uh-huh. we shouldn't be swearing our heads off either. That doesn't create a good image for the gospel. Yeah, that is let our words be seasoned with salt. Yes. Again, that's another topic that we can yeah. clarify. But uh, just example. But as a, right, yeah. Again, discernment there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's about our words, words being seasoned with salt, fruits of the spirit. Again, just kindness and, and patience and punctuality. And again, loads of stuff. Uh, we can go in another podcast about different environments and practical steps. Yeah. Um, but depth and reflection. Uh, the last point is again prayer. <laughs> yeah, it always comes back. People always think whenever you are a part of advancing God's kingdom and you have an opportunity to share, praise God. After mm-hmm. oh my goodness, Jesus just spoke. God just spoke through you, yeah. and you get to be a part of advancing God's kingdom. I like the way you were earlier. Look, whenever we were kind of just chatting over these notes, Luke said, um, "It's it's a privilege to share this. It's not just a responsibility. It's a privilege. Yeah, that we actually get to partake in this uh, this kingdom advancement." Yeah. With, with Christ. Of course. It's like people think whenever they're part of uh, their national team for football or a nas- uh, national team for rugby. Mm-hmm. There's a national team for rugby. I know that much, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> they think that that is an amazing privilege. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're on the team of Jesus. We are a part of advancing the kingdom. We've got the greatest mission, the greatest purpose, greatest meaning. And we know we're going to win as well. <laughs> we've got everything. Why are we not rejoicing over this constantly 24-7? Why are we not just like... <laughs> That is like, I will not post anything but Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? It's part of, yeah, I know I'm a part of the Northern Ireland team. It's like, yes, humility there, but mm-hmm. you can say with confidence to anyone, anytime, I'm a part of the team of Christ. I'm a part of God's church. And <laughs> this is something that I'm so proud of. And it's a privilege. And it's something you should always come back and give God the glory and praise. I will sing your praises all day long, though I cannot sum them up. This is another thing that we can give God all the glory for. Uh, And John 4, always a good passage for me, uh, is that there's those who sow and those who reap. That is, you could sow the seed. You may not get to see that grow and transpire to see the fruit that's yielded from it. You don't need to because someone else could reap that. Uh, And that's what Jesus was saying, is that uh, the harvest is is ready. There's so many people. The labourers are few. We're the labourers. The harvest is out there in the world. This go evangelize, this go proclaim. Some people sow, some people reap. We'll probably all sow at some point in our life and we'll probably all reap at some point in our life. But we yeah. can all rejoice that we are doing it together. Yeah, and obedience can't, can't always be determined by the outcome. Yeah. It's up to us to, to obey God and proclaim his gospel and we necessarily won't see the outcome of that, like you said. So that's the end. We talked about the gospel. We talked about understanding the mission. We talked about understanding the equipment, understanding the battlefield, prayer, bridge, proclaim, depth reflect prayer 10 points to help with evangelism and you can go back listen to those or take whatever hopefully that that helps and that's the the end anything else to say here you want to uh, conclude us no good night <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time bye